thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Good morning, everyone. Whoa! Watch out. That's you. All right. Try it again. Good morning. I've been thinking about you all week. Pray that I don't weep all the way through this. Yeah, that's why that's there. That plus some other issues. I'm amazed at you. There is so much truth believed and obeyed. It just reeks of radiance. Can't believe I get to speak with you today. You do have grace for senior folks, don't you? This is a tough act to follow up here. So thank you for being here. Thank you. For what, this was just amazing what we just saw. So good. So I want to uh, just, I'm not going to preach about this. Last time I preached, I, I talked about this. And I just want to remind you, when I see you and I do this, that means this is two fingers. That means there's two people living in here. And we love you. Apart from the Lord, I could do nothing. But by God's grace, we can love. And we love you. And, and, and it sounds kind of strange to say, we love you. But that's what I mean. There's more than me living here. And we love you. And we're making a promise. I'm not good at it, but I'm getting better. The promise is that we are going to listen to you because you count. You matter. We're going to listen. But by God's grace, I'm not going to run ahead of Jesus and push back and give you my stuff. And I got plenty of it. Give you my stuff. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to listen twice. I'm going to listen. But like Jesus lived, I'm going to do my best to listen to the inner person who is speaking and bring his word, his work, his question back to you. And it's, it's difficult. It's challenging. Um, I, I was wrapping up last night trying to get ready for this morning and I did have this thought come to mind, and I, I think I'm supposed to take some of the precious minutes that I have to, to for personal privilege. Can, can I have a little personal privilege? I have the privilege of sitting on staff meetings. 
of the church every week. They last, they're, they're pretty short. They don't last long. And I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the staff getting together and taking a ton of time to talk about what God has done and to encourage each other to literally take the time to intentionally talk about the good in people and encourage them. And then we spend a ton of time praying about the needs, about the call, the vision. And then when the staff meeting time is half gone, we get to all the, what we call the business of the church. Well, we just did the business of the church, but they do it. And, and, and I, 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 we get to the business and I see, I, I, I'll say it this way. I see Dave and Renata sitting up there in front, um, having heard and conceived together this thing called radiant and having given. And I see, I see near genius. I can't figure out how these young guys are so smart, but I, and I watch and here's what I, I see. I see when the staff talks, they listen before they speak. I say, wow, so good. And, and they, they have determined ways of, they, they have purposes and processes that are so good. And they have boundaries that there's talk about. This is not how we live. This is how we, they talk about righteousness and holiness Sorry, and doing it right. And I'm just thrilled. I could go on and on, but I'm so grateful. And I, I, if, I, I want to say all the staff members, please stand. I won't do that, but if Dave were here, he would. Let's all stand. Anyhow, I'm not good at that. So. No, I'm, thank you for letting me jump off on that. So this morning, I'd like to ask you to stand with me. Can I urge you? to take time to read very carefully and very slowly all of Romans chapter 12. It is loaded with everything I don't have time to talk about today. It is just powerful. It is the antidote to the challenges we face. I'm just going to get to talk about this last verse and read it with me. Can you see it all right? Yeah. Do not be overcome with evil but overcome evil with good. I can't hear you very well. Let's try it again. Let's go slower. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Amen. Um, you all know the Lord's Prayer? Follow me. Our Father. No, no. Repeat after me. You're ahead of me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Sorry, I'm King James. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, thank you that you are present by your spirit. These dear people didn't come to hear human stuff. They came to hear you. Your word, 
by your spirit through your body. Jesus, let it be so. We all need help to hear you. Thank you that you'll help us. Amen. You may be seated. So, title for today, First Responders. Strange title. Doesn't sound too biblical. When I was... When I was growing up in Montana, I didn't hear this phrase very much. I think somewhere along 80s, 90s, somewhere in there, I started hearing it. And, and at first, it kind of jarred me a little bit because it was different. And then, of course, 9-11 happened, right? Everybody remember 9-11? And then all of a sudden, boom, everybody's talking about first responders. And I think everybody knows what they are. They're people who who when the danger is there, when the emergency is there, they don't run out of fear or legitimate self-protection. They don't run away from it or they're not so panicked by it that they just sit in confusion and disarray. No first responders. They run right into danger. Right into it. To overcome evil with good. And it's natural. Fires. Disasters. People prepare a lot to be ready to be a first responder. They, medical people prepare for it. Firefighters prepare for it. Policemen prepare for it. And, and then they, they listen. They watch carefully. They're aware. They're sensitive. They have ways of knowing. Danger. Danger. Boom. They run to it. First responders, we all got it. Well, where am I going? Like, like I've never believed I would see, I see danger. I, I see danger. I see danger regarding truth. Division. I see danger regarding Rightness, righteousness, different perspectives. Perspectives I never dreamed would be common and popular. And, 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 and that all creates tension relationally. And you all can see the culture. Horrific, horrific division. Not just in family. I mean, it, it's all over. And so, so I'm, I'm wrestling with danger. Now, I... I want to celebrate. We just got through a bold for youth and radiant. You are you. It's just amazing. Bold was fabulous, and there were a thousand kids and two hundred or more adults there bringing bold to happen. And kids are kids are genuinely seeing the Lord and responding to the Lord and praising God and. I mean, like we never dreamed we'd see. It's glory. It's happened all over the country. It's, it's wonderful. In fact, I just, I just had lunch or breakfast or something yesterday with two of our discipleship coordinators, Gary and Kim. And are Gary and Kim here? Yeah, they're there. Yep, there they are. I just had lunch with them yesterday. And, and Kim, we, were, we were, had gone long and... 
Kim said, can I tell you a story? And she told me this story that her daughter told her about somewhere in Pennsylvania, kids who had been captured in the craziness, confusion, cutting themselves. You all familiar with cutting. They've been cutting themselves. And they came to some sort of a big youth rally and people prayed and the, the scars from the cutting was gone. Amazing. And what was really amazing was that She's telling me that story, and I'm going nuts on the inside because Thursday, in my day job, I was on staff meeting. Um, Rob, who's a dear friend of mine, was t telling us all about being in Texas, and they had another big rally of kids, youth camp, and hundreds of them, and two of them came up to receive Jesus, their arms scarred from cutting. And they decided to stop right there and pray for them. And God, the God of miracles, healed them on the spot. And they saw, they saw go ahead, go up. It's amazing. And, and so these kids, the rest of their life, they're going to be praising God, aren't they? And they're, when they do that, the world's going to say, I'm free. And that's the God who delivers us. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I, I celebrate, and there's a ton of good, but there's also danger. There's danger. And so my, I, I'm going to talk to you today not about, I'm going to tell you about my need. I know in theory, well, I'm, I'm going to tell a story that happened a long time ago, and I've known the theory, but I don't practice it well enough. So I'm talking to me. And, and I am determined and, and I think my prayer is that, that you'll, that maybe some of you, maybe all of you can join me. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm just going to touch the tip of the iceberg. I, I'm actually at the bottom of it. I'm at the beginning source of it. There's so much more that needs to be said to be prepared, to be equipped, to be a first responder. But we'll get started on it today. So join me to the degree that you can. Um, let me tell you a story. Debbie and I, first church we pastored full-time was in New Jersey, and everybody in New Jersey is named Joe. <laughs> and I actually, it took me a while to figure this out. There's half the people are named Joe. The other half are named Mary. <laughs> and then it took me a long time to figure out that most of the people I was meeting back there were Italian Catholics, and I got Joseph and Mary all put together. <laughs> oh, that's why. Anyhow, I'm slow. But, but I want to tell you about Joe. Joe, I, I've seen a lot of, I mean, Joe was one of the best church members I've ever pastored. He did a ton of things right. He, he was radiant, quiet, gentle, radiant. He served. He was, he was, a, he was responsive. He was, he was just amazing. And 25 years before I got to know him, Joe had started a business, and he'd worked very, very hard. It takes hard work. And he built the business, and it was very, very successful, 
so successful, so prominent that, that he got awards in what they call townships. They're suburbs, but they have their own government and business centers. And he got awards for his business. And he, he was well known, loved in the church, loved in the community. He had three sons, um, middle son, time to go to college, goes off to college about 30 miles away, university actually, and went, went off and everything is fine until Joe gets the call that no parent ever dreams they're going to hear. It was a police station. Mr. Your son is here at the police station involved in a drunken brawl, drugs involved, and we've brought him down here and we're not going, we could have him go, we could charge him and have to go to court. We're not going to do that, but we'd like you to come down. So Joe instantly made his way down and shocked, chagrined, stunned his son who looked and sounded so good. Now in this, and, and I'm just going to cut this very short. In the next few months, the conversations between Joe and his son went from questions to, to direction to reaction, to demand, to rebellion. I just covered a lot of territory. Ultimately, it resulted in Joe's son saying, okay, I'll quit school and I'll get my own job and I'll get my own apartment. I'll take care of myself. You can fill in the blanks. Time went on. Joe's son spiraled downward. More drinking. I don't know how much drugs, but, but got a job, got an apartment, but ended up getting fired. More drinking. Another job, fired. Pretty soon, chose. Son, He's out on the street. He's a street person. His dad's a prominent, wealthy businessman. Joe's son is out on the street. It wasn't just Joe's son that spiraled. Joe, facing things he never dreamed of, never thought about. And first it's horrific confusion, wrestling. And then it turned to anger toward his son, who had been given everything and knew everything and gone to church and da-da-da, and he got angry at his son. And then he turned inward and he said, what could I have done better? What should I have done? He got angry at himself. And then he went further and he, well, I brought him to church and he got angry at the church. And then it finally went, God, where were you? Why didn't you do something? He got angry at God. And though you couldn't, I didn't know it. I didn't know anything about it. On the outside, it didn't show up. Maybe if I'd have been watching closer, I'd have seen the danger. I didn't notice it. But Joe one day finally called me. 
depths of internal pain, fear, anger, confusion, torn up, dying on the inside. He called me and said, can we meet? We met and he told me the story. It was, you know, what do you do? So that's my brilliant question. Joe, where do we go from here? He said, I don't know. And so then I made this statement. I said, Joe, please don't take this as a preacher throwing God talk flippantly at you. But I do want to know. Scripture says, if anyone's in trouble, let him pray. Joe, are you praying about this? And his reaction was quick and sharp. Of course. I've been praying like I've never prayed. I said, oh, but you still have fear and anger and hostility. What, what's with that? So, Joe, can I ask, and I don't want to be offensive, but d- d- is your, does your prayer bring you to a point of faith where you actually believe God will deliver you? You know, that's in the Lord's prayer. Deliver us from Joe. Joe, you, you've had evil happen out here with your son, but now that evil has dominated you and is controlling you. You're being dominant. You're being overcome by evil. Joe, do you, do you get to the point of faith in God so that though you don't know what's going to happen, you do know your God? And he looked at me. And he said, no. And so I said, Joe, would you allow us to meet. Would you take time to meet with me? What I'll try to do is I'll try to help you with some things that I know to do and I try to practice. I'll try to help you with that if you're willing to. And he was willing and we started meeting. So in the first meeting, I said, okay, Joe, you've gone to church all your life. You know the Lord's Prayer. Say the Lord's Prayer to me. He kind of looked at me. It's okay. I'm going somewhere with this. He said, okay, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, your kingdom. I stop, 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 stop. I said, Joe, do you know what the name of God is? He said, God. No, no, I know, but I mean, what does that mean? What, what did it mean back then? And he didn't know. So I said, well, actually, name is an idea that we use. And back then, the idea was it's called a name, something we call something, but it's a description of the nature. It's a description of the attributes. It's a description of even the activity sometimes of another person. And so when it says, hallowed be your name, you have to know the name of God, the names of God, the attributes of God, the nature of God. And then, if once you know that, then we need to learn how to hallow it. Do you know what hallowing his name means? Joe said, honor, respect. Yeah, exactly right. So, Joe, what what I want to help you to do, sorry, I want to help you if you don't mind, and, and I'll go first if you want, or you can go first. 
I want us to pick a name for God. One of his names that describes who he is, even what he does. I want us to describe, get that name in mind, and then either you or me, I want us to do whatever it takes to get that picture, that idea, that, that in our mind so we can almost see God in that way. So, so we, okay, do, you, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? And I don't remember. I, I probably went first. And I said, okay, now, Joe, you go. And he could get, he could say the word, but he had a hard time unpacking the implications of that word. And I don't remember which word we started with. I'm going to pick deliver just because I'm going to talk about that today a little bit. But let's say it was deliver. I said, Joe, what does it mean that God, your God, is a deliverer? Picture what does that actually mean? Put a picture to it. And we got there. Now, okay, can you see it? Yeah. Okay. In your mind, you can see. We have the capacity to see what we can't see. We can all picture someone who died that we knew. We can picture them in our mind. Okay, we're picturing God as deliverer. What does it look like? What does a deliverer look like? What do they do? Got it into his mind. I said, now, Joe, let's take time. What, would, what is it to hallow? Well, it's to stare at the picture we finally got to until something comes up into me where I, I honor, I esteem, I'm in awe of, I reverence. It's okay, Joe, that's where we're going. We've got to get this picture clear enough that you can have a response that we call worship of honor. I did it this morning in a song we sang. <laughs> Deliver. Joe, do you honor? Are you in awe of God as your deliverer? See, a picture is worth a thousand words, and faith comes by hearing. And so a picture is a thousand times better. Faith comes by seeing. Some people say, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Everybody hear me? Yeah. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Every one of you, picture someone giving you a $1,000 check in your mind. Can you picture that? You can see it. See, it's in your mind. As a man thinks, so is he, right? So we got there, and Joe started practicing, not just with one word, but with more words, and he, he was diligent. I love that, and he, he got it. And so we, we were making progress because Joe, we grow from faith to faith to faith to faith. And Joe's, Joe's picture of God was increasing and getting bigger so that when he remembered his son and when he remembered his own mess, that was getting smaller in light of the picture. It was getting big enough. He's seeing it. He's seeing it. It's called walking by faith, not by sight. Everybody got it? It's really hard, incidentally. We're all called to walk by faith, not by sight. Not by faith in faith, not by faith in concepts, but by faith in the living, real, active, present God who is present. And in this case, we're talking about him being delivered. Do you see it? So, Joe's making progress. 
in it. Let me, let me move here for a moment. We need to hallow God's name until our faith in who God is, his nature, unchanging, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our faith in God's nature is greater than our vision of evil. Then it has no power on us, but God. See, but it requires training. It requires work. Joe, Joe wasn't equipped to be the first responder. He was a responder. He was one of the first responders, but he wasn't equipped because the problem overcame him. The evil overcame him instead of him overcoming the evil. Make sense? There is an, there's an equipping that you, you, it'll take time. At least it does for me. It'll take work. Is God worth it? Is God worth our time? He'll save us. If we know him and believe him and obey him, that's how he saves us. And he will transform our lives. If it's a partnership, he won't unilaterally, arbitrarily, sovereignly just overpower our free. He, but he'll make victory possible for all of us. Do you believe that? He's called the victor. So I, I, I want to tell you a little bit about one of my daughters, Dee. She does this that I'm talking about. I had no idea how much she does it. She goes to bed early so she can get up very early. G's got up very early. She gets up very early. And, and I've watched her. They're, they're full-time missionaries. They travel all over the world. Half, a lot of the time it changes in seasons. But, but they, they depend on people's freely supporting them. They don't have a quote income other than what people give to them. And I've watched, especially as their crazy four little kids became refrigerator-emptying big kids. I mean, I've watched her go through what could have, should have destroyed her because of financial pressure. But baby, she's radiant. You know why? She gets up early. She meets with her God, and God is big, and that's what she sees. She, she, she thinks about, she gets into her mind who her God is. In this case, I'll use the word deliverer. He's, he, he's deliverer, and yes, there's trouble. Yes, there's danger, but she sees God. Because she sees it, she can believe it. Make sense? And I didn't know about this. Until recently, she spends a lot of time drawing. Before I, before I run to that, I'm, I'm going to tell you one more. I'll try not to weep through this one. She's faced personal, physical challenges, health challenges. She's seen other people with health challenges. She saw her dad with a massive health challenge. And when Debbie heard from the social worker, my wife Debbie, when she heard from the social worker and told her, our two daughters that she had been told to look for a grave for me. We didn't have grave. She was told a bunch of things to do to get ready for my death that was imminent. D 
Dee said, no way. I'm not going to receive that. Could be misunderstood, could be confusing. But she said, no, my God is a deliverer. My God doesn't want my dad gone. And I'm going to stand on the rampart. I'm going to proclaim my faith in God. I'm not going to make any plans. I'm not suggesting how to do with life here. I'm just telling you what my daughter did. She said, I'm believing my dad's going to live. Why? Because she see it. She'd been fighting in her closet, not for it even, but for who her God is. And she believed it. And so let, let me show you this. Let's see if we can get it. Can you see that? She gets up early and she not only gets truth in her mind, but she draws pictures of it. Takes time. She has to get up real early. Takes time. She gets the picture in her mind. And that's what she sees. And therefore, that's what she believes. Are you tracking with me? She's a, she walks by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Jesus was shocked at the faith of a centurion. He said, wow, I've not seen faith like this. And Jesus got pretty irritated with his disciples who, when confronted with a demoniac, a person demonized, they couldn't, they couldn't cast out the demon. And, and Jesus said, oh, you of little faith, how long shall I put up with you? Oh, Jesus, it's not very gracious. See the picture? Let me do another family thing. I tried to do this. This pen right here, you can't see it. It's too small. On this pen, it says Hal Perkins. And then it says, but God. My son, your pastor, gave this to me because we're determined to be real, to be authentic. We're determined to look at the storm. We're determined to look square into the face of the, of the danger and the problem, but not be governed by it. Look at it, stare at it, but always remember, but God. You don't scream it like that. You don't have, you can. Doesn't hurt anything. So, I think that faith in God is actually pretty tough, especially when there's danger all around. So we're working on that. Foundational stuff this morning. Let, let, let me move on. So I said, Joe, uh, we brought him back in and we were me. I said, Joe, let, let's, let, let's, uh, let's talk more about the Lord's prayers. Tell, say it to me again. So Joe, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as like often we pray it. I said, no, stop, Joe. Stop. Say that phrase again. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, Joe. What does it mean to pray that authentically, meaningfully? I don't know. I said, Joe, do you know what the kingdom is? He said, heaven? I said, well, actually, yes, but heaven is the kingdom because the kingdom of God is where 
God's will is being done and God's will is being done in heaven and that makes heaven heaven. Joseph, huh? I said, let me say it four more times different ways until you can say it back to me. And so finally we got the idea that praying meaningfully includes your kingdom come, that is, your will be done where you are king, there is no other king, and everyone is hearing and believing and obeying the king, so we're saved from the craziness and the destruction that happens when we have many gods all doing what seems right in their own eyes. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. This is how we pray. Oh, not just yonder in the sweet by and by, but on earth, now, in my circumstance. I said, Joe, I want you to do something. Remember how we got a picture of what God looks like? Yeah. Okay, I want you to do that same thing for your son. What will it look like when God's will is actually being done in your son? What will your son look like? I want a picture in your mind of what your son will look like. So tell me, Joe, what, what, will, what will your son look like when God's will is being accomplished in his life? He said, uh, he'll be right with God. He'll go to church and be right with God. I said, okay, I, I want you to picture that. Think about it. Get it in your mind. See it. Because if you see it, you can believe it. And if you believe, we're releasing God to work in power. See, there's a ton of things that we need to do as first responders that I don't get to talk about, but there's a ton of things that have all to do with horizontal relationships, but there's a whole lot more that only God can do. We don't have what we need. But if we will pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that frees God to do what he wants to do if he's waiting for someone to believe him. And then he goes to work in ways that we don't even have a clue about. And he, he does the hard lifting. Amen. You awake? Yeah. So I said, Joe, Joe, think. What will your son look like? So see him, okay? See him repenting, see him Right relationship with Jesus? See him going to church? What else? Well, he won't be living on the street anymore. He, maybe he'll be home at our house. Okay. Would it be God's will for him to come home and live in hell? Okay. Let's picture it. Picture him coming home. Living in your house. What will he look like? Oh, he'll be cleaned up. He won't look and smell like he does now. Okay. If you think so, that's I, I, probably okay. Probably right. Okay, picture it. What else? <laughs> oh, my son and I will be friends. We'll be restored. Joe, do you think that's God's will? Well, of course. Well, picture it. Okay, picture. Can you see him hugging him? Yeah. Can you see him hugging you back? Can you see you going out to dinner together and eating and talking as friends and partner? Can you see that? Okay. Okay, picture, Joe, I want you to picture. Are you all, is this too much? Is this too much? I just need help. I want to walk by faith. I need all the help I can get. And so I, Joe, picture it. Joe did. He got a picture of his son. 
that wasn't the picture that he saw by sight, but it's a picture of God's will, not Joe's will, not, not Joe's preferences, not Joe's perspective, but God's will to the best of Joe's degree to discern it. A picture of what God's will looks like in his son, who now looks like an absolute mess. What does he look like when God's will is being done in his life? And Joe saw it. Got a picture of it. And I say, Joe, every time you think about your son and the picture of him living out where he lives, fight, fight to get that picture back. And then fight until you really know that you believe that one day your son's going to look like that. Now, incidentally, I could have told you lots of stories. I've got many fathers. And, and this, is, this is a really good story. It's going to get good. I wish I could say they all get good as quick and as easy as I'm going to tell you about. But it didn't happen instantly. But Joe, all of a sudden, had peace, even joy. In the midst of the storm, he was not being overcome by evil, but now he's starting to overcome evil with good by his faith in God made possible because he saw it. And if you see it, you can believe it. So he believed, and he believed, and he kept believing. Sun's still out there. Time went on. I, I, want, to, I want to stop for a second and show you another picture from my daughter. Here's another picture she drew in her time alone with Lord. Why? To help her get it in her mind so she could believe that God is one who opens doors. And when God opens a door, no man can shut it. And she, she drew the picture of it. Why? To help her have it in her mind so she wouldn't forget it. Because we see with our eyes in the natural but we're not called to walk by sight. Everybody say it. We're called to walk by. Everybody say it's hard. It's a fight. It's a fight for faith. She does it. So, first responders are not overcome by evil, but they overcome evil with good. And the first foundational step, it'll take training for most of us probably. It'll take work. Get to the point where we actually believe God to accomplish his will rather than the will of evil governing and controlling and dominating. And this is, this is the fight that releases the very power of God. And, and it, can't be, it can't be fake faith. Fake faith doesn't do any good. God knows if we believe or not. It, it has to be authentic and real. And I just thought I'd remind you, it's a fight, in case you forgot. It's easy to walk by sight and be overcome by all the problems, all the, all the truth battles, all the righteousness battles. It's easy to be overcome and talk about it all the time instead of, but God. It requires, but God. So, I said to Joe, Joe, Will you t 
tell God? Will you talk to God about the picture you see of your son until you believe it? Can you just say, oh God, you're the deliverer. And, and your will is to be done on earth as is in heaven. And this is what your will looks like to the best of my ability to discern. I believe you, God. And bam, when we actually believe that is what God is waiting for. He's waiting for authentic, genuine faith. And I don't mind saying it's hard work. At least it is for me. Let me tell you the rest of Joe's story. One day, <laughs> I, I've forgotten. I think it was, it wasn't years, but it, it, it was, it was a long time. It was probably, it was several months. There was a knock on Joe's door. Guess who it was? It was a disheveled, smelly street kid who'd come home. But Joe, this is hard, but Joe didn't see, he didn't see a stinky, disheveled, rebellious, struggling brat. He saw a good-looking, clean-shaped, going to church, saved, hugging his dad. That's what he saw, because it was real. He had to fight for it, but he saw it. And then suddenly, oh, he opened up. Joe's first act, sounds like the prodigal son, doesn't it? Just threw his arms around him, and the son's standing there like this, frozen. Welcome home. I've been waiting. He expected it, because he believed it. If you don't expect it, you probably don't believe it. Threw his arms around him. Had the conversation. His son came home. Over time, things started to change. Joe took his son out to dinner, and they talked civilly, became friends. Now Joe could hug his son, and his son hugged him back. Pretty soon, son got a job, able to keep it, stayed at home. Pretty soon, Dad, can I go to church with you today? Sure. Love to have you. Not immediately, but pretty soon, Dad, I, I saw how stupid and wrong I was, and I've repented, and I'm following Jesus. It's not the end of being a first responder. There's more. But it's a critically important first part. And for me, it's not built in a day. For me, it's built over hours and hours of work and reworking. And so, here's the message from the Lord today. Don't be overcome by evil. Is there evil out there? Oh, yeah. Is there maybe evil in your household? I hope not. Maybe. We really need to do the hard work of watching carefully so we can see the danger signs. 
Joe confessed that he'd missed it. He didn't see the danger signs when his son was still at home. It's easy to do. Don't see the danger signs. The danger signs look like something that's untruthful, ungodly, unrighteous. It's the fruit of a lie, always. And the lie comes from a malicious father of lies. And we have to be alert. But we can overcome evil with good. Do you see it? Do you believe it? Can you see a bunch of evil? Well, we're the church. We're the light of the world. We're to be radiant in the midst of the evil. And we're not just to shine. We're to go into the storm equipped to be the light of the world. Not just our character and our nature, but our words and our actions that bring light and bring reconciliation and bring healing. It's who we are. That's what we do. Are we good? Do not be overcome by evil. Don't let it happen. But overcome evil with good. And I want to tell you, you're in a good place to help reminding you of that and help keeping on who you are and why you are and where you're going and how to get there. This is a good place. And thank you for coming. Let's stand together. Maybe there's some here who uh, you're, you're sort of like Joe's son. Maybe it's not as blatant and bad, but, but you've actually been overcome by lies that you've bought into. The truth really will set you free. And Jesus is the truth. He'll save your life. Really, but but you gotta have relationship, which means you get to know Him. I talked about that all this morning, and then you believe what you know, and then when He says do this, don't do that, you trust Him enough to do. He'll save your life. <laughs> and if if t this morning, it'd be good for you to start a new relationship with Jesus, or or maybe even make a vow to yourself that you're going to get to know this Jesus better so that one day you might actually trust him enough to repent of your own governance and make him king of your life. Or, or whatever your next step is, don't, don't waste this hour. Take the next step. Jesus, thank you for helping us. Amen. Amen.